I believe today that God is wanting to remind some of you who he is and what his word says, what he says about your situation. Because, you know, I don't think this comes as a surprise to anybody. And I think we're all kind of even tired of talking about 2020 and 2021. It's like not even a funny joke anymore, like all the stuff, because it's like, all right, we get it. It's been hard. It has been. But, you know, these are the times that we cling to God. And the difficult seasons and the hard times and the trying times, these are the seasons when we really, our faith is developed and we learn to lean into God and depend on him for everything. But if we're not careful, we can allow our circumstances and our disappointments and our frustrations and our fears and our worries to be all that we see, all that we hear, and it kind of drowns out the noise. I mean, it drowns out the voice of God. But today, the Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to remind you that he is here, that he loves you, that he's with you. And I believe that there's going to be maybe one word that I say or one scripture that I read. There's going to be something in this message for each of you. And I don't want you to receive these words from Leah. I want you to receive every scripture like it's coming from your father, your heavenly father. And he wants to bring comfort today. Amen. So I shared this a couple weeks ago, but uh, I had a dream, and I feel like God's, I don't feel like, I know God speaks to me in dreams sometimes, and um, especially when during the day I'm like overwhelmed with stuff. Sometimes he's like, okay, I'm going to have to get to her while she's sleeping because she can't even distract herself. Um, But the other day I was sleeping, and I won't give the whole dream, the whole word or whatever, but I could hear myself in my dream. I just heard my voice and I was saying, what is the theme of this season? What is the song for this season? And I kept asking this over and over. And you might be there. You might be like, God, what are you doing? What is this season about? Like, what are you doing in this place right now? But in my dream, I'm saying this. What is the song for the season? What is the theme? And I heard my father, heavenly father's voice. I knew it was him. And I heard him say, divine reversal. This is a season for divine reversal. And so I'm continuing um, Evan's uh, series, The Exchange. Um, But my title today is going to be divine reversal because this is what God does. You know, the Bible is like in this this walk with God. It's kind of like upside down world. When we trust God with our lives, he takes our weaknesses and he gives us strength. He takes our mourning and our sorrow and he gives us joy, our heaviness, and he gives us praise. Amen? It's the divine reversal life when we trust God with our lives. So I'm going to read the scripture and then we're going to pray and then we're just going to get right into it. 2 Chronicles 20. This, This chapter starts King Jehoshaphat. He's a king of Judah. And this is what it says. It says, Jehoshaphat received this report. A huge force is on its way to fight you. There's no time to waste. Verse 3, shaken, Jehoshaphat stood before the community and prayed. O Lord, you alone are God. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Now, you know, God didn't need to be reminded who he is. 
God did not need that reminder that he's ruler over all the kingdoms and, and he alone is God and he's powerful and mighty and no one can stand against him. But Jehoshaphat needed to remind himself. So he's praying this prayer, not only by himself, but he's praying it aloud in front of all the soldiers, all of those who know very likely they're about to be defeated. They're about to be demolished. But Jehoshaphat prays this prayer to remind himself and to remind them this is who our God is. He is the God of all the earth. No one can stand against him. In verse 10, and now see what the armies are doing. They've come to throw us out of your land, which you gave as an inheritance. Verse 12, God, won't you stop them? We're powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You might be in a situation right now where you're like, God, I do not know what to do in this situation. And it is out of my control. I do not know what to do. But our response should be, or our prayer should be, but my eyes are on you. Because I know you have the answer. I know you know what's going on and how to make a way. And then verse 15, this is what the Lord says. So Jehoshaphat prays this prayer and now God responds through this prophet. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. There are some times, there are times when we're having to fight, you know? It's the fight of faith, and that's a real thing. But I want to talk about this battle. You will not need to fight in this battle, because this one... None of the battles are ours. Okay, never mind. I'm not even going to do that. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. That is true always. But it says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Take your positions, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. You will not need to fight in this battle. Take your positions, stand still, and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you're already here and you're already speaking and you're already moving. Lord, I pray that every word that comes from my mouth, it doesn't come from me, it comes from your heart. Every word comes from your heart and your mouth and it touches the hearts of your people today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you bring encouragement, you bring peace, you bring faith and vision and joy today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, so this battle does not belong to us. That's what I'm talking about today. And if you are a military person or if you play risk or something, I don't know, you know that battles require a strategy. You don't just go out into battle and be like, I hope we win. We'll just all kind of do our own thing and this will work out, right? There has to be a strategy that comes from your leader. So in this battle, God gives them this strategy. And I'm going to go straight into it. The first thing he said is, take your positions. Take your positions. This is the first step in this battle, what we do. And what is this position that we have to take? And I'm, I'm really speaking from um, real life right now. Um, like I said, this is all like kind of what God's been speaking to me in my devotionals, but he's been speaking it to me because it's like what I'm learning, what I'm living. Um, and I've had to live it in 
previous seasons and previous battles, but here we are again. You know, God brings us and he's like, all right, now it's time to come to another level of faith. It's time to come to another level of uh, trust in me. And so this first thing, take your positions, what this position is, it's a position of surrender. It's a position of trust. You know, um, so Savannah is holding her baby right now, and this baby is in her lap, comforted by her mom, right? Finding peace and comfort in her mom's lap. When we're little, when we're children, that is like our favorite place to be is to climb up in our dad's lap or our mom's lap, right? But the older we get, the more uncomfortable it gets. Like I have Allie, my oldest daughter, she's 14, um, going on like 18, for real. <laughs> she always, her whole life, she's always been like, if she's 14, she tells everybody she's like 15 and a half. Like she, I'm practically 15 and a half. Like she always makes herself older. <laughs> but she is, she's mature. Um, so my oldest daughter is 14, and then my youngest is 8. And Honor, the youngest, she's still comfortable. She still loves to climb up in my lap or climb up in her dad's lap and, like, just curl up. It's, like, her place of comfort. But Allie, on the other hand, it's, like, the most awkward thing ever. You would think, like, we're asking her to do the craziest thing. It's like, come come sit by me. Come close. She's like, ugh. You know, it's a teenager thing. But how many of you know it's kind of like that for us, too? You know, when we're young in the Lord, all we know is you saved my soul. You deliver me. You set me free. You heal my heart. I'm so, I want to be so close to you. I find my peace in you. I find, you know, all of these things in you. But the older we get as far as going through some stuff, as far as walking through disappointments, walking through frustrations, walking through failures, these different things that can tend to make us old if we're not careful. And just like a child, the older they get, the more uncomfortable they are being, like, close and, like, intimate with their parents, like, you know, receiving that kind of um, comfort. We can be the same way with our Father God, and we don't even realize it. We get out of that position of surrender and that position of childlike trust, and we start to try to make stuff happen on our own, right? And so I feel like this is the first thing that God wants us to know today. First of all, this battle is not yours. I'm going to fight for you so you don't have to be afraid. And you just need to take this position of surrender. And what does that look like? Because you might be like, okay, that's a good, like, spiritual analogy, but, like, how do I actually do that? That actually means when you're afraid, when you're surrounded by all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of voices, all kinds of chaos and craziness, you don't just, all right, I got to fight this thing. I got to figure it out and I got to do da 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 do. This means literally I got to run to my father. I got to get in the presence of God. I need to pray. I need to turn on some worship music. I need to open my Bible and say, God, I'm leaning close to you. I'm getting close to your heart, close to your mouth so I can hear your voice. And that brings us peace and it brings us comfort. It seems like the opposite. The battle strategy, you would think the first thing is like raise your weapons and fight. And there is a time for that. But the first thing we have to do is take our positions close to our Father. 2 Corinthians 1.8. All of the hardships we passed through crushed us beyond our ability to endure. And we were so completely overwhelmed that we were about to give up entirely. Has anybody ever felt that way before? When it feels like all hell is breaking loose and it's like, I'm about to 
give up on this thing. I can't. It says, it goes down further in the verse and it says, but it has taught us to lose all faith in ourselves and to place all of our trust in the God who raises the dead. Isn't that powerful? If we don't just, like I said, I got to fight. I got to do it. I got to make this thing happen. But if we say, I'm, first I'm taking my position close to my father, it does. It brings you to a place where you're on your knees and you're like, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And you have my yes, Lord. You have my yes. In spite of difficulty, in spite of hard times, my life is yours because of what you've done for me. Because you healed my heart, because you set me free, because you saved me, even though this doesn't make sense right now, I'm taking this position of surrender and trust. You know, frustration can lead us to a place where we try to create our own breakthroughs. You know, I think when you're dealing with difficult stuff or you're frustrated, you're, you're trying to get things moving, you're trying to do different things in business or whatever it may be, and you feel like you keep hitting a wall, sometimes we try to create our own breakthroughs. We try to make something happen. Well, if I just do this, this, and this, and we keep trying and we keep trying, and then we end up wearing ourselves out, right? Or you create Ishmael's, Abraham in the Bible, God gave him a promise and said, you're going to have a son. Not only that, you're going to be a father of multitudes. And he's old, and it seems like an impossible promise, and his wife is old. And so they're waiting for the fulfillment of this promise, and they're waiting and waiting and trusting and trusting. But as time goes on, it starts to look like maybe God, maybe he wants me to kind of like make it happen. So Abraham goes around the plan of God and tries to make it happen on his own by getting together with the maid and got her pregnant, and she got pregnant with a son named Ishmael. And this son ended up causing so much trouble for the family and for the actual son of the promise, Isaac, who came afterward. And so this is what we do sometimes. If we don't take this position of trust, then we start creating Ishmaels all over the place. But it does cause pain at the end. So I want to encourage you today. Whatever situation you may be facing, and you might be like in a good season right now, and you're like, you know, this doesn't relate to me, but put this in your back pocket, because there's going to come a day when you got to remind yourself, oh yeah, I can't make this thing happen. I got to trust God, and I don't want to make my own little, you know, Ishmael babies. Something, um, I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to me yesterday when I was studying this part, um, and I feel like, I don't know, it might be for somebody here. But giving up control can be really difficult for you if you've lived a life where you are the only one who's going to make something happen. Maybe you weren't taken care of as a child. Or I don't know what it may be. But I feel like there could be somebody here today who it's very difficult to like just say, okay, I just trust. I'm not going to control the situation because it's all you've ever known. To be where you are right now, it's, you feel like you've had to control stuff. But I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to tell you today that it's okay. You can let go and you can trust. You can trust me. Amen? So God has brought me to this place of just 
God, what do you want? You know, Jesus in the garden before he went to the cross, it was painful. And he's sweating drops of blood. And he said, Lord, if there's any way I can get around this, if I don't have to go to the cross, can I not? But he said, but not my will. Let your will be done. And that is our model and that is our example. And so I know I'm being heavy. I'm, I promise I'm going to lighten it up in a minute. <laughs> I feel like everybody's like, dang, this is like Debbie Downer today. I promise it's going to lighten up. But this is part of it. And there's such freedom. There's such freedom when you come to a place where you say, all right, not my will, Lord. He does give us the desires of our heart. Those things are true, but he puts those desires in us, and then he gives them to us. Does that make sense? So I think for some of you today, you might be holding on to a lot, holding on for dear life because it's the one little sense of control you have with everything that's out of control. But I feel like God is saying today, trust me, let it go. And just say, God, what do you want? What is your will for my life? What is your will for this situation? I trust you because your way is better. Your way is better than mine. Amen. So we went this past summer. We went to Austin for a little family vacation. And we went tubing down the river. Have you ever done that? You get those big tubes. Climb it. It's very fun. You get these tubes, you climb in, and you have, like, another tube, and you put an ice chest in it with, like, snacks and stuff, and the current just takes you down, and it's really relaxing and wonderful. So we went and did that, and along the way, we saw this dog owner, and she had brought her dog tubing. So she had, like, a whole setup for the dog, and the dog was wearing, like, little, you know, inflatable things on him. It was cute. But the dog, like, freaked out at one point and jumped out of the tube. And the dog is, like, panicking, and he's, like, swimming against the current, and he's, like, flailing everything. And she's, like, yelling at him, and she's, like, come here. And she's, like, trying to grab him, and he's, like, fighting her while she's trying to save him. And um, he's okay. He survived. Everything was fine. <laughs> but I think we look like that sometimes. Sometimes we look like, all right, I'm a little panicked. I'm in the boat with Jesus. But I'm starting to panic because this thing is not feeling very comfortable. So we jump out, and then we're trying to do it on our own, and we're going against the current, and we're freaking out. And here's God like, I got you. Don't fight me on this. I got you. Come get back in the boat with me. And um, I think that's, that's the whole thing is surrender, taking that position of surrender. And then Psalms 91 verse 4 says this. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you. Isn't that powerful? This is what God is saying. His massive arms are wrapped around you. You're not alone. He's protecting you. And then the second thing. So we've got our battle strategy, the first thing is taking our positions, the second thing. It said, take your positions in the scripture. Take your positions, stand still. Stand still. So, Savannah, the other day, I keep talking about you today. I don't know why. It's just like I'm attracted to this part, this part of the room. Um, Savannah, the other day, had a really good idea of uh, creating a little motivational group of people who are wanting to get a little healthy and in shape. 
and we kind of are encouraging each other and setting goals and stuff like that. And so I took it seriously, <laughs> too seriously. <laughs> and, okay, I haven't worked out in, like, since we moved to New Orleans, so, like, three years, <laughs> besides, like, a, a walk in the park and stuff like that. And, like, a random day when I feel like getting fit and I'll do sit-ups for, like, a few minutes. That's it. That's all I've done for, like, three years. But I'm like, I'm not going to ease my way into this. I'm just going hard. So I got, like, a straight-up bar with the tons of weights and the bench and the whole thing. And I'm like, I'm just weightlifting, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to be like Evan and, like, lift weights all of a sudden. So I did stretch first. But I started my little exercise, and I felt great about it. But then the next day, I could not walk. Literally, I'm just now, like, getting back to normal. <laughs> it was like my legs just standing. after The next day after working, my legs were, like, so fatigued, and, like, my muscles were like, what are you doing to us? This is not familiar. <laughs> that, like, just standing, my legs were shaking, and I was going downstairs was, like, pure torture. Because I had overdone it, I had put my muscles to the limit, and now I'm fatigued, and to stand feels almost impossible. And you might be there right now, spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking, where you are fatigued emotionally, you are fatigued mentally, you are fatigued with all the stuff that's been happening in our world, and just to stand is feeling difficult. Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It does say be strong, but it doesn't say be strong in your power. Be strong with your willpower and your strength and how determined you are to like stand for God and like not quit. It doesn't say that. It says be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Which I don't even have time to go through like the armor of God today. But go to Ephesians 6 and you can read all about it if you're not familiar. But put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. So stand your ground. So standing still... We do this in the power of his might, and we put on the full armor of God. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. You know, I, I grew up in church. My dad's a pastor, um, and my whole life, that's all I know is, like, um, church world. Uh, when I was born, he was a youth pastor, and by the time I was, like, three or four, he started his own church, and that was my whole life. And so... In that, I've seen so many beautiful things, and I've seen so many miracles. I've seen so many lives changed, so many people healed, just God moving and God just doing what only he can do. But I've also seen a lot of people who start the race full of passion, full of excitement. I'm going to win the world for Jesus. And I've seen hard times come their way. And disappointments and all the stuff we're talking about. And they started strong, but they couldn't stand when things got hard. Because their foundation wasn't built the way it needed to be. And so I just want to encourage you today. I don't know if you've entertained thoughts of like, I just can't anymore. I can't do this anymore. I, I cannot stand God. 
I want to encourage you, this is not being strong in your own strength. It's asking God, in, in my weakness, be strong in me. In these areas where I feel weak and I feel like I cannot stand, be strong in me. And I promise you, I can testify, when you do that, his power and his strength like overtakes the situation. And you do things and you endure and you accomplish in all this what you could never do on your own. Amen. Psalms 46, surrender your anxiety. Surrender your anxiety. Be still. In another translation, it says, stop your striving and realize that I am God. And then it goes further down in the verse. And I want you to just picture this because we're talking about this battle that's not ours. It belongs to God. Here he stands. We can stand because he's standing for us. What Jesus paid for on the cross, the victory that was won at the cross, because our Father God is standing for us, Jesus is right there at the right hand of the Father. Because of that, we can stand. Here he stands, the commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. This God fights for us. What an awesome picture. You know, the Bible has, gives all kinds of different names of God, and they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful and um, relevant for any and every season. One of my favorites is the God of angel armies, though. Isn't that just beautiful? He is this gentle father. He's this comforter. He is this counselor. He's our prince of peace. He's all of these things, but he's also God of the angel armies. I don't know about you, but that's beautiful. Number three. Like I said, this is from my devotional. And uh, it might not be the longest message because it's just what God's been giving me. Number three. So it said, take your position, stand still, see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. Number three, see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. You may have read this um, scripture before, but it's in 2 Kings. And it's a story um, there's Elisha the prophet, and uh, long story short, I'm just going to give you the brief little version. Um, there's this enemy that's coming, and it surrounds these people. And the servant of Elisha goes out. He sees this army. It's surrounding all around them. And again, it's another situation that's like, uh, this is, there's no way we're coming out of this. And Elisha's like, don't even worry about it. There's more with us than against us. And the servant's like, what are you talking about? Like, I see all of this, and I see what we're working with. This doesn't seem realistic here. And Elisha prays, and he says, God, open his eyes so that he can see. And when he says this prayer, this servant's eyes are opened, and he looks around, and there is this army of God. It says chariots of fire surrounding their enemies. And I just think we should pray that same prayer. Whatever looks impossible or whatever looks difficult or whatever looks like I'm surrounded in this area, our prayer should be, God, open my eyes and let me see the way that you do. Let me see what's really going on here because there's this stuff happening in the natural, but I know in the spirit you're surrounding me. Amen. Another verse that I think you should write down 
and you should memorize and quote whenever you need it. Isaiah 43, verse 2. But now, God's message, the God who made you in the first place. So this is from him, in case you were wondering. This is God's message. Further down it says, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God, your Savior. So see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. So we talked about, God, open my eyes so I can see the way that you see. I can see that you're surrounding me. You're surrounding the situation. But it says also, the God who is with you. Another one of the names of, of God, of Jesus, is Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Another thing that um, when I was praying yesterday, I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking and it may be for somebody here. Because it is truth. When you've given your life to God and you've asked Jesus to come in to your heart and be your Lord and Savior, nothing can separate you from the love of God. He is, he's always with you. But I just want to expose like a lie from the enemy because sometimes the enemy tries to mess with our minds and say, because you did that, because you messed up in that area, because you didn't measure up here, God is far from you. And you need to work, and you need to get it back together, you need to do this, this, and this, and then God's going to be close to you again. But I want to tell you today that that is a lie from the enemy. The truth is, in every season, in every situation, God is with you. He is with you, and he is close and the more you recognize that and you know that it is true, the more you'll start to, like, feel him and hear him and see him in every situation. I just want to remind you today that he is the God who goes before you to prepare the way. He is the God who is with you in every single step. He is with you. And he is your rear guard. He's even protecting you from the things that you can't see. When you say, I'm staying under the shadow of your wings and I'm trusting you, I'm staying in this position that's close to you and I'm standing still and you are with me. And then this is the last thing. I felt like I had something important I wanted to say and I think I deleted it from my notes. Okay, then I must have not have been able, I wasn't supposed to say it, so I won't worry about it. Okay, this is the last thing that I'm going to say today. So we take our positions, we stand still, we see the deliverance of the Lord who is with us. He's God who is with us. And the fourth thing is this, sing. We sing. This has to do with worship and praise. We lift up our voice and we sing about who God is and what his word says. Isaiah 54, this church is named, I mean, church 54 is named after Isaiah 54. And the very first verse of this chapter, it says, sing, O barren woman, you who are without child, sing. Because, and then it goes, because this is what I'm about to do. 
it gives this promise about what God's about to do. So you can sing in your place of barrenness. You can sing in your place of lack. You can worship and praise God before the battle, in the middle of the battle, and after the battle because you trust him. Amen? This is one of our weapons. So this is a battle that we don't have to fight. God fights for us. But we do need to raise this weapon of praise and worship. We need to raise this weapon. And what does this look like? It is not just for the people who have the microphones on the stage and who can play instruments. This is for every single person when you feel the battle raging and you're surrounded by all the noise and it is like deafening. That's when you raise your weapon of praise and worship and you start to sing about the goodness of God. You sing about the faithfulness of God and who he is. You remind yourself and you remind the enemy of who our God is. And when you do that, the enemy is confused, which leads me to the end of our story in 2 Chronicles 20. They go out to battle. They, they take their positions. They stand still. They see the deliverance of the Lord who's with them. They take these, um, this strategy from God. And then the king, what he does is he says, okay, we're about to march into battle. We trust the word of God. Let's get these singers. They're going to go out before the army. They're going to lead the army, these singers. And so the singers start to march out to battle in front of the army. And all they do is they just sing, give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And they just sing it over and over, marching to battle. And I'm sure there was some nerves there. And I'm sure there's like, God, I trust you, but this is a little scary. We're walking I'm like hearing the noise of the army now. This is scary. Are you sure? Are you sure you meant what you said? But they sing, give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. They sang about who their God was. They declared it over their fears, over their doubts, over their unbeliefs. And the Bible says that at the very moment they began to sing, the enemies, there was three different armies, I just spit. You always know it's getting good when I start spitting. (laughs) The very moment they started to sing, these different armies started fighting each other. God sent them into confusion. And the enemies defeated themselves. By the time Jehoshaphat's army and the worshipers got to the, the lookout point, and they looked out over this wilderness. This wilderness is where the, uh, the battle was going to take place. All they saw was their enemies laying on the ground. Not one was left. And they spent the next three days just getting all this plunder, all this gold and clothes and food and all the stuff that the enemies left behind. It said it was so much that they couldn't even carry it. It was more than enough than they could carry And I just want to encourage you with this today. When we raise this weapon of praise and worship and we remind ourselves of who our God is, that he is faithful always and forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. When we sing that, we declare that. It's not just a song that reminds us. There is power in it. Our enemy gets confused. Really. It confuses the enemy. And it pushes him back. 
And in this situation, this place that was meant to be a place of destruction for them, this place that was a wilderness that they were going to go fight in, was turned into, they called it, the Valley of Blessing. This wilderness battleground that could have been their end became a valley of blessing. It was a divine reversal. God turned the whole thing around because they chose to say, Lord, if you said it, I believe it. If you said it, I believe it. If you say you're for me, if you say you're with me, if you say you love me, if you say this battle is not mine, but it's yours and you're fighting for me, then I'm gonna just do what you say. Here I am. Here I am, Lord, I'm surrendered. When we take that position of surrender and trust, and we take that position of I'm gonna stand, not in my own strength, not in my own power, not in my own might, but in the power of his might, I am standing. And I'm gonna say, God, give me eyes to see like you do so that I can see it might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. God, you're surrounding my situation, my family, my marriage, my finances, my business, these things that seem hopeless right now, and I don't see a way out. God, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I know that I'm surrounded by you, and you are fighting for me. And because they did that, and they sang about his goodness and his faithfulness. Their wilderness turned into a valley of blessing. And I just want to prophesy that over you today. Over your situation that looks like a wilderness. I want to prophesy to you divine reversal. God's turning it around. He's going to turn it around and it's going to turn into blessing for you. One way or another. He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. All things, all things like we were singing in that song earlier. He causes all things to work together for good. And it may not look like what you thought it was going to look like. And it may not happen when you think it's going to happen. But he's not a man that he should lie. If he tells you, this is what I'm gonna do, you can take it to the bank. And that's why he can be trusted with your yes, with your, I want what you want, Lord, because your way is better. I trust you, this isn't about me. This isn't about my thoughts and my ideas and my desires and my blah, 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 blah. Because I know you're a good father and you're taking care of all of that because you are faithful. You're gonna take care of all of those things. You can be trusted with my yes. So I just wanna pray for you today. And I just wanna pray for divine reversal in those different areas, whatever it may be. It may, might not be something that I specifically mentioned, but you might have something in your mind right now that you're like, God, if this is true, can it be true for me? Can you do this for me? I need you. Let's just pray today. And if you need prayer, if this is for you, you don't, 
you don't have to stand and come to the front or anything, but you can just lift your hands or you can just agree with me in prayer. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful and true. And I thank you, God, that your word doesn't return void. When you send out a word, it accomplishes what you sent it to accomplish. So I pray today that this word that's gone forth, Lord, I pray that it accomplishes your purposes in every heart and life. We come against discouragement right now in the name of Jesus, disappointment, hopelessness, anxiety, fear, just exhaustion. Lord, I thank you for divine reversal. I thank you that you're reversing it in the name of Jesus, in your way, the way that you do it, because your way is better and we trust you. I thank you, Lord, that you're replacing sickness for perfect health in Jesus' name. If there's a battle of sickness, we just speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you're reversing it, God, for your glory, for your glory. Every financial situation where there's, it may seem hopeless, I thank you that you're reversing it and you're bringing um, provision and more than enough of every good thing. Thank you that we are blessed to be a blessing. Every relationship situation that may seem hopeless, every marriage that may seem broken beyond repair, we speak healing and restoration right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Stress and heaviness and pressure. We speak peace. We thank you, Lord, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So come now, Lord. Thank you that you're removing the heaviness and you're releasing peace and grace in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Every situation that's represented here today, I thank you, God, that you're showing yourself faithful. You're showing yourself strong. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. I'm just going to do one more prayer. If you came here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and this all sounds great, but it's all very unfamiliar to you, and you say, today is the day I want to give my life to God, I just want to give you that opportunity, because this is really why we're here. We want to encourage you, but we also want those who are lost and far from God to come into the kingdom of God. And he loves you. What I said earlier, maybe you're watching on the live stream. What I said earlier is true. He loves you, and he's faithful, and he wants to be close to you. You don't have to run from him any longer. You can surrender fully to him, and you can trust him with your life. So let's just say this prayer. Lord, we love you. I lift up every person who may be watching or who, are, or who is here in this place, who doesn't have a real relationship with you, who is far from you. Thank you that you're showing yourself real to them, God. And if that's you, you can just repeat after me and say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I've been running for too long. And today I want to surrender fully to you. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life. 
thank you that you're going to finish the work that you started in me. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen.